Welcome. This is Philippe Albuquerque. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Neurointerventional Surgery, and this is the next in our series of podcasts highlighting recent manuscripts in the JNIS. And today we're thrilled to welcome Joanna Fifi and Amru Saraj, who are authors of the manuscript Sex Differences in Endovascular Thrombectomy Outcomes in Large Vessel Occlusion, a propensity-matched analysis from the select study. This manuscript is currently on the JNIS website, and I encourage our readers to evaluate this manuscript. I'd like to read a message from our sponsors at the outset. Rapid Medical pioneers adjustable intravascular tools that offer physicians expanded capabilities without compromise between safety and efficacy. So if you're looking for devices to do a bit more for you, solutions such as the Tiger Trever 13, the smallest thrombectomy device in use, this device adjusts to vessels allowing you to relax tension of the device prior to retrieval. For more information, contact info at rapidmedical.com. Welcome, Joanna and Amru. Thank you so much for taking part in this uh, next in the series of JNIS websites. This is uh, fantastic work. Thank you so much, uh, Philippe. Thanks for having us and I appreciate you and JNIS featuring the paper. Yes, thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. Um, as I mentioned before, this is uh, this is a fascinating paper that uh, evaluates the sex differences and how these may affect outcomes in patients with large vessel occlusion after mechanical thrombectomy. Probably the most interesting feature of this manuscript is that you evaluated 65 propensity-matched pairs of men versus women, and despite uh, similar discharge functional independence rates, women exhibited uh, worse 90-day functional independence rates. Your manuscript alludes to a number of factors that could be impacting this overall result, which I find uh, intriguing and uh Looking forward to discussing those with you in a little bit more detail as we go on. Let me start today by uh, asking Amru if you could briefly discuss uh, the select cohort study and how you conceived the idea of this retrospective secondary analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Select was a, a prospective uh, multi-center cohort study uh, where we uh, looked at anterior circulation, large vessel occlusions, and, um, and, and enrolled patients with both thrombectomy and medical management uh, arms to look at different imaging profiles and, and how they correlate with uh, the clinical um, outcomes of uh, thrombectomy with a blinded uh, core uh, lab of what imaging modality was utilized um, in the patient selection and, and blinded assessment on what the sites utilized as imaging modality uh, for patients' uh, selection. Um, and uh, we published the data uh, previously, as your audience probably know. So we have this uh, data set where we have excellent detailed data on uh, uh, imaging profiles uh, in men and women. Their outcomes uh, followed up to 90 days. And uh, the, the topic of um, six differences and, and how they respond to reperfusion treatment is, is, is of 
great importance to the to the stroke field, um, and especially for thrombectomy, uh, there are uh, different and, and probably um, contrasting results. Uh, data from uh, Mr. Clean showed uh, that women do worse than men while data from Hermes showed similar outcomes. So here we wanted to look at, at this um, from two angles. Would there be correlation with, with uh, the different imaging profiles and would that play a factor? And the second one is the progression from discharge to 90 days. Because uh, while in the hospital, everybody received the standard of care, same treatment. Uh, but what happens after discharge? Are there uh, socioeconomic, are there uh, rehabilitation-related, psychobehavioral factors that would affect the, the outcome that could be uh, target for future interventions? Yeah. Um, in, in your article, you mentioned a number of clinical and imaging factors that differ between men and women in the entire cohort of the SELECT study. Perhaps you could highlight some of these differences and how they could potentially affect 90-day and, and even longer-term outcomes. I think there are some important differences in the sex uh, differences in the uh, between men and women in the study um, at baseline. So I think the first one is probably simply the age. So women tend to have stroke at a slightly older age, and that played out in, in the select study as well. They were 69 uh, on average versus 64.5. So, um, you know, we all know that age has a uh, an effect on, on final outcome in stroke. Um, and uh, then the, uh, you know, a couple other things that were interesting, um, women tend to have uh, better collaterals um, on CTA and, and CT perfusion. Uh, and then in, they also had uh, smaller Tmax craters than six volumes um, or smaller at-risk tissue. So that uh, you know, can also uh, play an important uh, role in the final outcome, you know, despite uh, them actually having similar core. I think uh, this is all very interesting in, in that women actually after discharge tended to uh, have less rates of improvement compared to men, um, despite these kind of uh, variables, uh, differences at baseline. Yeah, you, you did allude to the, the critically hypoperfused tissue volume was smaller in women, and the fact that uh, women actually suffered smaller infarct volumes. So can you just explain a little bit how you derived the propensity-matched analysis of the 65 pairs? What, what are we controlling for between uh, these two groups of pairs, and how does that um, improve our analysis of outcomes? Sure. Well, uh, given these differences at, at baseline, we wanted to have control for for these uh, variables that we know affect outcomes. So in the propensity match analysis, we, we controlled for the most uh, obvious things such as age and stroke scale and, and last known well um, to treatment time. There also were some differences at baseline in risk factors for stroke that we controlled for, uh, such as atrial fibrillation, um, which tended to be more 
um, prevalent in women in this cohort. Um, so things like atrial fibrillation, CHF, um, and then as well as the hypoperfusion and, and collateral scores. Yeah, even with the uh, propensity-matched comparison between the pair groups, there was still a uh, difference, uh, as I mentioned, in the critically hypoperfused tissue as well as the as the infarct volumes, which I think really gets us to the the crux of this of this manuscript. So um, these potential disparities between these two groups, um, it, perhaps you could discuss in a little bit greater detail what these disparities are uh, in terms of their 90-day follow-up that could be accounting for these these differences in outcomes. Sure. As you mentioned, um, despite smaller tissue atrial score or uh, critically hypoperfused tissue and better collaterals, uh, and, and despite um, similar discharge outcomes, women had less improvement Post discharge, and, and and that was that was the factor. What what are these variables that play into uh, women having less improvement from discharge to the ninety days? And as uh, Joanna mentioned, women tend to have strokes at an older age, and and the recovery is um, uh, worse uh, because of that factor. Frailty is well described factor, and, and it's not just in, in stroke, uh, but also in other uh, uh, morbidities, uh, but, but that, that could affect uh, the recovery from discharge to 90 days. An important factor, and, and we all know how um, much rehabilitation plays into uh, patient's improvement and uh, optimizing uh, thrombectomy outcomes and, and, and any, any reperfusion treatment. And, and, and the belief is, um, given the, the lack of, of good social support in, in, in easier terms, the uh, man have a stroke, they have their, their wife or um, taking care of them, taking them to rehab, it's, it's plausible that women had less support, and, and that's also described in another research, uh, and, and less accessibility to rehabilitation. And they, they also have uh, reportedly higher risk of uh, uh, widowhood, higher rates of post-stroke depression. And, and, and this, as we will discuss down the road, is potential for, for intervention. So, so those different variables um, uh, played ad- adverse roles, so to speak, in um, preventing uh, good re- uh, recovery process and, and uh, improvement from uh, discharge to the 90 days. Yeah, Amru, um, you, you touched on the psychobehavioral and, and socioeconomic factors that perhaps could be contributing to this. I, I you know, I find it a, a little interesting that, um, you know, perhaps men do better in the long term because they actually have women who are supporting them and, and taking them to to rehab and, and doting on them a, a bit more than than it would be in the in the contrary situation. Do you think this speaks to a, a greater societal problem uh, in terms of follow-up and, and rehabilitation of, of women patients? You know, th- there is a, a lot of research in, in targeting those uh, groups of, of 
greater disparities, whether with, with text messaging, providing uh, the needed support to attend rehabilitation and uh, to optimize on uh, the outcome. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we found. And, and we hope that this shed the light on, on that. And I'll, I'll let Joanna um, elaborate more on that. I think that, you know, as, as we know, women have longer life expectancy. And so the one issue could be that they simply are less likely to have a partner. Uh, having strokes at an older age, you know, they may, may already be a, a widower uh, or a widow. So they uh, may not actually have a partner that's there involved taking them to rehabilitation. That, that That's something that we couldn't really look at because it's um, uh, not something that was collected in this uh, study, but is something for future studies. And then, and then, yes, as you raise, uh, Philippe, that could could women just be better caretakers than than men? I think um, you know that is plausible, but um, I don't want to uh, say for sure that the men have someone who will be more um, proactive in bringing them to rehabilitation into um, arrangements such as, uh, you know, having cooking, you know, making sure their meals are better, things like that, um, as opposed to uh, men taking care of women in, uh, at that age. But, um, and I agree with Amru that um, now that this disparity has been seen in our data set and, and also in other studies that it's it's something that is a target for intervention and and we should start thinking how do we get um, stroke patients that in general uh, uh, better services since it appears we don't know for sure but it appears that uh, this is something that can benefit them um, in the rehabilitation stage and you allude to that in your manuscript, uh, the need for post-discharge studies going forward to, to analyze these factors a, a little bit more completely. Can you describe how you would construct such a post-discharge study that you know, perhaps would evaluate these uh, rehabilitation factors, the psychobehavioral factors, the socioeconomic factors? I mean, that's a pretty broad range of potential influencers on outcomes. How, how do we get down to the, to, to the core of these issues, uh, Joanna or, or Amru? Um, and how would you conduct a post-discharge study that looks at these patients longitudinally? Absolutely. As Joanna mentioned, some of these variables that we um, reported as plausibly uh, could explain the findings and, and the difference in improvement related to the disparities in between the two sexes. We didn't have the, the details uh, for those. So uh, going prospectively, longitudinally from discharge to 90 days or even uh, one year, uh, in a prospective cohort uh, uh, study in, in, in collecting um, these variables to better characterize what, what happens uh, post-discharge. Does, does rehabilitation um, happen? 
and if it happens, how long it takes, and what types of rehabilitations are we are we seeing? Um, are the patients adhering? Um, how does the insurance, which is the other important factor, plays into this? And, and, and we will have a subset of the patients where we have insurance information. But for the longitudinal one, looking into those, because if you have good results from thrombectomy, um, and, and you do not capitalize on those uh, by by um, getting rehabilitation, you, you will not optimize the outcome. And, and a longitudinal study will look if, if that happens or not. As we mentioned, the family support, and what do we have? Is there, is there a caring husband? Are there... Are they isolated? Do they do they live with family? Are there uh, supportive family members? Uh, looking at depression scores um, and is depression in, indeed post thrombectomy um, higher in, in women? And and looking further into uh, the socioeconomic and um, psychobehavioral uh, makeup, there is very good uh, hypothesis and, and some research going on on disparities based on zip code and availability for rehabilitation and primary care and, and follow-up with stroke and, and neurology. So a study like this would look into those and longitudinally and in a prospective manner to um, identify, as, as you mentioned, this is a, a broad picture, um, what are the targeted interventions and, and how can we improve rehabilitation? How can we provide further support? How can we treat depression is is it true that providing those as as the the hypothesis said would optimize and improve the outcomes yeah i think those are critical points uh amru one of the the issues that uh, i was considering looking at your manuscript were you actually able to compare between the matched pair groups what percentage of the women versus the men actually went into rehabilitation or is this something that you know was was challenging to to assess this was uh challenging because it was not the information was not collected in the in the trial and i think that's why um it's important to have the sort of longitudinal study that that Amory mentioned in the future where more information about the 90-day discharge period itself is collected because um, you know most of the trials may collect one or two variables, like where did the person get discharged to, but then um, not really check in before the 90 days to collect the uh, clinical outcomes. So I think that's going to be important in the future to, to try to do multiple check-ins in that 90-day period to see what's actually going on in the rehabilitation stage. Um, and I think it's it probably is important, along with the psychosocial measures, to collect some, some biological information. We haven't talked yet about um, the difference that's in in stroke outcomes. There's some postulation that uh, that it has to do with some hormonal uh, effect, and that um, you know the effect of estrogen may be protective in younger uh, years in in women, but then this wears off, and does it actually infer worse a worse biologic effect after menopause? Um, it's not clear. So I think it's things like collecting uh, hormone replacement therapy and, and medications during that time period may also be helpful. 
I think that's fascinating. We, we as inter- interventionalists, uh, you know, always kind of applaud ourselves when we've performed a, a successful mechanical thrombectomy, but the role of recovery in these patients is is paramount, uh, and there's so many different factors that that impact that recovery, including the duration and quality of of rehabilitation. Things that you mentioned, like biological differences that you know may require hormone replacement and other medications, more so in the, in the female population than the male population. You know, just thinking about this study and and how it could be you know, broadened to other groups, um, you could as well consider evaluating you know the the differences in um, in race uh, as well as socioeconomic factors. You know, for example, African American men or Hispanic men and women um, likely are facing a number of different uh, socioeconomic factors, uh, more so than, say, the Caucasian population uh, that could impact on their eventual recovery. But certainly, um, you know, the recovery phase is is absolutely essential to the overall uh, quality of life uh, in the long term for these patients. Indeed. And, and and we are actually looking at uh, uh, the race as 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 one of the uh, potential disparities. We'll, we'll see how how that goes. Um, and but as you mentioned, a lot of times, successful reperfusion quickly, small infarct, and you don't know what happened to the patient afterwards, and um, um, how how the ninety day outcome will come, or even the one year will come, and it's imperative to to look at the issues uh, or the variables that could play into having good versus poor outcome was discharge and optimizing those. Yeah, no, I, I found that a fascinating point of, of this manuscript that the really, really does raise a lot of questions and a lot of potential for future research. You use the term hypothesis generating uh, early on in your manuscript and as well in, in the discussion uh, that this uh, evaluation was hypothesis generating. Can you allude to some of the hypotheses that you've derived uh, from this analysis and and how you're going to move forward with your your future research. I think that, um, as you highlighted, the major finding that, um, you know, the post-discharge period seems to differ between men and women is important. And and the obvious hypothesis is that there's some factors in that period that contribute to that, and we've discussed it. Um, And I think... What would be um, fascinating uh, eventually is to find modifiable factors that we can use to improve gender disparities in in the outcomes at 90 days. So um, as we've discussed, we've, I think at this point, we, we do hypothesize that there are factors in the rehabilitation, such as quality of rehabilitation and psychosocial factors. Um, uh, such as support services that differ between the two, but we don't know that for sure yet, and that that is something that um, I think will be exciting to look at. And I think it, as you had mentioned as well, um, it is similar, likely similar 
between racial, different racial groups. Um, and there's a lot of studies that have come out recently showing differences in outcome by race and socioeconomics in stroke and, you know, in simple, even, even at the, uh, beginning part of stroke, the acute care, um, there have been a lot of recent papers showing that having thrombectomy at all offered, uh, you know, has has a race and, and sex may play a factor in that as well. So I think the there's a lot of work to be done to, to look more closely at, at these disparities and then hopefully translate that into interventions um, that we can use in the future to level level the playing field for everybody. Absolutely uh, critically important. Uh, and I applaud you, uh, you both and your and your co-authors for this um, insightful work. It really does speak to the fact that um, stroke and its recovery is initially treated with mechanical thrombectomy, but then there are so many other factors that potentially can affect these patients that would alter their long-term um, outcomes. And, and that really, I think, is the, the thought-provoking that you pose in this manuscript um, and that you elegantly uh, discuss uh, in the discussion of your manuscript. So I'd like to congratulate you for this. And thank you for taking part uh, today in the, in the podcast. Again, this is uh, a manuscript entitled Sex Differences in Endovascular Thrombectomy Outcomes in Large Vessel Occlusion, a propensity-matched analysis from the select study by Joanna Fifi and co-authors, including Amru Saraj, both of whom joined us uh, today. And this manuscript is currently on the JNIS website, and I encourage our readers uh, to take a look at this manuscript um, because it is indeed uh, quite thought-provoking. So thank you, uh, Amru. Thank you, Joanna, so much for your time today uh, and for this insightful work. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>